The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Woo! Yeah! Woo! <clears throat> yeah, sound effect guy isn't here. Agent 70 is not here. Um, Tim Dog is not here. Um, Roddy Cat, not here. <clears throat> uh, everyone is out seeing Spider-Man tonight, and I am the one holdout. Uh, not going to see it tonight. I will, however, be seeing it in the morning. So, I'm not shunning the movie, I'm not avoiding it, nothing like that. Just my plans were not to go see it at the time that we mutually agree to come together to do a podcast. So instead, I'm here for your sake. I do it for you, ladies and gentlemen. I am here to host Comic Book Chronicles. Yes, I am at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me tonight, you can talk to me there. I also have the chat window open on YouTube.com. So if you click the link, you're watching the video on YouTube. That live chat box, go ahead and type in there. I'll be able to see it. You can also find me. Um, Facebook, facebook.com slash VGLosers, because my website, Pop Culture Network, actually started as a website called The Video Game Losers, believe it or not, in 2002, I think it was, Uh, so it's been a while, been a long time. You can find this show, though, The Comic Book Chronicles, at theclicknation.com, and that is uh, K-L-I-Q, click, as in, you know, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Triple H. Um, the drunk guy and X Pac that nobody likes. So, uh, so those guys click Click Nation. Um, you can also find it on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, there's an app in Google Play. Um, we're on TuneIn Radio. Uh, we're part of the um, Cold Slither Podcast Network. So you can search for Chronicles. You can search for Click Nation. You can search for Cold Slither Podcasting Network. Whatever you'll be able to find the show one way or another. Plus, I also repost this show. Uh, on my website, so I posted iNeedComics.com, which is the comic book part of PopCultureNetwork.com. So you can find it in all those wonderful, grand, glorious places. Uh, Apple iTunes, right? So uh, all, all sorts of places all over the Internet. There's nothing. We, we need a Windows Phone app. I think that's the one place we don't have anything, the Windows Phone app. So anyway, all right. Let's get on with the show tonight. And um, first, I do want to open with a little bit of sad news here. Um, Joan Lee, the wife of Marvel Comics, Stan Lee, um, she has passed away. She is 93 years old. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the Lee family. Um, They were married for 69 years. So, um, gosh, sad news. But, um, you know, we we hope that Stan Lee can pull through this uh, hard time. All right. I do have... Uh, some notes here from Agent 70. He was kind enough to fill out this, this spreadsheet thing that we do uh, with notes about the books that he read and what he thought about them. Um, also, uh, Roddy Cat posted some notes, but he might be here a little later. Um, his showing of Spider-Man actually started earlier than everyone else. He may get done in about a half hour or so. Um, so I'm going to anything that he talks about, I'm, I'm going to try to leave as long as I can, leave alone, not touch it, not bring it up, not talk about it, so that hopefully when he gets on later, he can talk about him. But I can only kill so much time on my own. So um, I, I do have uh, Twitter opened up. i got TweetDeck uh, open on my Chromebook down here. Uh, like I said, we got the live chat. 
Uh, so feel free to chime in, everybody. But let's get started with our comic reviews. And the first book we are going to talk about tonight, um, and I figure I'll just go with this one. This one should be uh, pretty safe to talk about, is Batman. And actually, wait, I take that back. Did, did Roddy read Batman? No, Roddy did not read Batman. Okay, so we're good. Agent 70 read Batman. He uh, spoke about it a little bit. Um, so let's throw up the cover here so you guys know what book we're talking about. Batman 26. Um, so basically what we have here is the war of jokes and riddles. It's the Joker versus the Riddler. And the Riddler is taking on this different persona. Uh, in the last issue, he got shot in the chest. And this issue shows him uh, taking that wound, that, that uh, chest gunshot wound, and turning it into a, the dot of the question mark. Um, he's becoming a, a darker uh, version of the Riddler, which is weird uh, because this is actually set in the past. This is a story that Bruce is telling Selina uh, about something that happened in the past between Joker and Riddler. And uh, so he's relating this story to her, and um, supposedly it's going to have some bearing on, you know, obviously something that's going to happen down the line. But uh, one thing that... Uh, that uh, Agent underscore 70 here talks about is a spoiler. So ding dong, spoiler for anybody out there who doesn't want to hear it. But it looks like they're introducing the Penguin with another new uh, backstory, um, which is really weird. Uh, But nonetheless, that's what it appears they might be doing. Um, Agent 70 says, it's a fun twist on the natural rivalry between the Riddler and the Joker. Um, He said the Mayflower riddle was a good one. Um, The book overall... uh, the book overall, it, it's it's decent. I, I have a hard time. I'm really having a hard time with Tom King on Batman because I feel like he he stretches stuff out a lot that, that doesn't need to be stretched out. I really don't like the Bruce Selina thing. I've just never bought into the whole Catwoman is his girlfriend, but she's evil. You know, she's a villain, whatever. Uh, and so they you know pushed it forward here, but nonetheless, um, the the war of jokes and riddles. The Riddler and the Joker are just killing people like crazy. Um, Batman's trying to figure out why he's following the clues of everything but he seems to be a, a step behind him i mean it's riddler and joker two of the smartest supposedly villains of the dc universe um and so batman's having a hard time uh you know following everything that's happening with them the story is uh, here's here's the problem with the story is that there's kind of a classic build and fall and climax uh that goes on with telling the story um movies comics tv shows books uh they all you know follow that path uh, basically i mean it's a pretty common um way of telling the story and one thing that tom king is doing i don't know why i have headphones in first of all nobody else is here so i'm gonna take those off um one thing that tom king is doing here is he's telling the story but it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it's building to anything it doesn't really feel like it's going I, I, I don't see where it's going, you know? A lot of times we have a villain and he wants to do something. He's trying to, to destroy something or steal something or create something or whatever, uh, and then the, the hero has to go in and stop him, right? Um, and that's where your, your friction comes from. But in this story, I just really don't see what we're really building to. I mean, Joker... Uh, and Riddler are fighting, and the fighting's going to get worse, and more people are going to die. Okay. Um, I mean, is that all we're doing here? Is it building to something else? And you got to feel like, okay, it's Tom King. Um, he's written some incredible stuff in the past. I know he's going to get somewhere, um, but the where and the why and the how and the what, I, I don't see it. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just too far. Um, it's too esoteric for me, 
I guess is the best way to say it. And I'll use the term esoteric uh, just to show you what I'm thinking here. But um, it's okay, but this is not my favorite DC book. Um, and this particular issue is not my favorite of anything really going on. All right, uh, let's jump to all new Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, this is an agent underscore 70 on Twitter pick. Um, not his click of the week or anything like that. Don't don't get me wrong here. Uh, but he says it's a fun solo Peter Quill story about recreating a distinctly 80s kid thing, taping songs off the radio. Duggan incorporates more of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into the Marvel Universe by reintroducing and reinforcing the old idea of a lower level of Nova Corps, um, a Nova Corps Corpsman or Guardsman that lacks powers, um, and a reappearance of Adsit from Duggan's Deadpool run. Uh... Has everybody seen Guardians of the Galaxy? I would hope at this point everybody's seen it, uh, who's going to see it. Um, I don't know if anybody bought the thing. Um, I talked about this on a podcast a while back, but I bought the... uh, I made the mistake of buying this thing. The uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Star-Lord music player. And um, honestly, what I thought it was going to be um, was an MP3 player. I thought you would record your songs to this um, and then you'd play them back, and you would have the awesome feeling like you had this old uh, Walkman-style tape player. Also has a speaker built in the back. Um, it didn't say anything about a radio, so I was, you know, sure, okay, fine. There's no um, AM, FM radio or anything like that on it. But still, it, I thought this would be fun to walk around with this thing, maybe clip to your belt. Um, it even looks uh, awesome mix volume two. Looks like it's written on the cassette in there. So I thought that would be uh, kind of a fun, um, you know, retro thing to have. No. Turns out it's got a three-minute um, memory chip in there, and it's got a music clip. And so that's playing on there. Um, if you want to record your own music, you're going to record over that. Um, and it will only do the three minutes. It won't do anything else. There's no built-in memory for storing MP3s. There's no way to upload them or add them to it. There's no memory card spot to put in your own SD card. Um, what it is is it actually has this auxiliary jack, and you take your phone or MP3 player that you already own, and you plug it into this, and you can listen through the headphones, or you can play it off of the speaker. And that's it. That's all it does. Um, And this thing's like 25 bucks. And I'm really upset at myself for getting taken in by it, because it is um, terrible. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible waste of money. If this thing... I mean, even if it only had... I don't know, one gig of memory. Um, you can still put a fair amount of songs on there, and I, I can crunch mine down to 64K. I don't care. Um, but still, should have been neat. But So here's uh, a story about Quill uh, making a, an 80s mixtape uh, for his tape player. So very big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, of course, if you saw Second Guardians of the Galaxy, you know he gets a Zune at the end, and Zune prices on eBay actually spiked up for a little while after the movie, which is weird. Uh, of all things, the Zoom. They were able to bring it back. So, all right. There is Guardians of the Galaxy. What else do we have? We have Avengers from Agent 70. Uh, I'm going to get a couple of his out of the way before I go to mine here. Uh, let's see here. So, Avengers number nine. So, a fun solo Thor story. Oh, so uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was... Uh, a, a solo Peter Quill story, and this is now going to be a solo Thor story uh, for all of you. Um, 
Thor uh, has been banished by Hydra Cap to a distant dimension without Moliner. It's a f- it's fun listening to the voice of Jane Foster Thor as written by Mark Wade. Um, so yeah, so I guess Jason Aaron's been doing the bulk of uh, her appearances uh, as Jane Foster's been there. So now Mark Wade gets a chance to play with the character a little bit here. Um, interesting. All right. Um, I really don't have anything to add because I didn't read it myself. I just this Avengers team. This is not. This feels like if you remember Avengers Disassembled uh, back in two thousand. Eight, I think it was back when that story came out. Um, when you had an Avengers team that was mostly a lot of like B level characters and Hawkeye, um, it just it didn't feel like an event. Like Avengers should be Steve Rogers, Odin's son, Bruce Banner, Tony Stark. I mean, honestly, that's that's to me that's the Avengers. And using these other characters that have taken over um, the books, you know, I just I don't like those characters as much. Um, and I don't like having a team of these other random people that I don't, I, I guess here's, here's a good way to look at it. Um, Cause I've, I've had this argument a couple times with people and they're like, well, we like the diversity and we like that they change things up. And we like, and that's great. If that's what you are into, then great. You know, more power to you. My thing is I don't care about Captain America, right? Like I care about Steve Rogers. I don't care about the Hulk. I care about, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, you know, I don't care about Iron Man. I care about Tony Stark, Iron Man. Um, you know, the same way when uh, they broke Batman's back back in the nineties and they had John Paul Valley, Asriel uh, take over the role and you're reading it. And you're just like, okay, you know, whatever. I mean, you know that Bruce Wayne's coming back. It's not going to last forever. Um, so you just kind of roll with it and they still featured, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne and a lot of that stuff, but you're reading it. And you're just like, it's not really Batman. You know, this other guy is coming in, he's wearing the suit. It was a little different when Dick Grayson was doing it, when Batman died and disappeared for a while. Um, Because, again, you knew it was just, you know, to tell this other random story and then they would get back to it. Um, But I don't don't care about Thor. I care about Odin's son. So, like, when they did the Unworthy Thor miniseries, I read that. And it was great. um, Because that's the character I like. Um, And and it's it's not nothing, you know, technically, personally against these characters. Um... But but those are not the characters I want, so they're not the characters I read. Um, that's really all that comes down to. All right, uh, let's go to something that I've read here, um, so I can talk about that a little bit with a little more authority than just the random uh, stuff that's coming in. And as I say that, I'm looking through. I didn't read a whole heck of a lot, but I did read Superman. Uh, Superman 26. And I actually enjoyed this book quite a bit. Uh, Superman, uh, I, I don't necessarily always like it as much as action, um, that uh, Dan Jurgens is doing, uh, but it's usually a solid, um, enjoyable book. Um, even if it may not be like the greatest one that comes out every week, uh, it's still it, it's still one that's worth paying the money for. Um, you know the copies. Um, and what we have here is um, Clark is trying to teach his son a lesson about using his powers, uh, and he relates to a story with uh, Pa Kent, uh, teaching him about his own powers when when Clark was a boy. Um, and so dealing with Jonathan, being a father, dealing with his son, and, and trying to go through the growing pains of being a parent. Um, but at the same time, they're smashing robots. They're, uh, you know, going into buildings and rescuing babies from the fire. Um, they're fighting these uh, telepathic villains. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. And, you know, Clark, you know, comes to the realization, of course, that you can't... Um, 
you can't necessarily do everything with your kids the same way your parents did it with you. Kids are going to be different. Your life is different from your parents' life. Uh, your kid's life is going to be different from your life. So um, th- there is some neat, uh, well, not necessarily neat, but but some strong parental stuff that goes with that that I uh, appreciate as a parent, uh, but at the same time, it's a fun story. Um, the artwork was really good in this. Um, the coloring was fantastic. Um, you, the, the character sounded like the real characters. You know, sometimes another writer can come in and talk about a book um, and, and deal with the characters, and they just feel kind of flat. Um, they don't really feel like the real characters. It feels more like you're just kind of skimming the surface of the characters with some of these other writers. Um, but but this is I, I really like this book a lot. Again, maybe not the best book of the week that came out, um, but always a solid uh, worth-of-the-money book that comes off the shelf. Uh, very rarely am I disappointed. And the few times I have been disappointed, um, it, it was with stuff that they, they use the issue to set up things, and the payoff later down the road I enjoyed. Uh, and you had to have that setup issue to get there. But the setup issues may have been a little more disappointing than the others. But in the long haul, long run, uh, it's, it's one of the most entertaining books that you get out there. All right, let's talk about Rogue One, adapting the Star Wars movie to comics. Um, a lot of times when they do movie adaptations, you just you kind of roll your eyes, and yeah, you know, that's part of the business. And of course, Disney owns Marvel, so Marvel's doing all the Star Wars stuff, so they're going to do a Rogue One thing. They might as well, you know, do a comic. And you don't really expect a whole lot um, out of it, but... One of the interesting things about this particular series, uh, and one of the reasons why I enjoy uh, getting it, is because some of the stuff that was taken out of the movie, uh, because they had to cut scenes for time, um, or you know, they reworked the entire ending. Um, but no, usually just because of you know editing for time, or, or something that was in the script that they really liked, but they couldn't really figure out how to make it work. Uh, necessarily in the movie that they were making, um, they've decided to work some of that stuff into this. So if you think, you know, before, if you remember when they would do movie adaptations, um, sometimes they were just one, like a thick deluxe format or two issue, maybe a three issue. This one's going, I think, six issues. Um, It may be five, but I think it's six. But you go, wow, that's a lot. That's, you know, really have to stretch out that story. But they've done it by putting in some of those things that just didn't make it to the screen for one reason or another, uh, adding it in here. And because the storytelling is different, because you're breaking this down, you know, you're putting more chapter breaks into it as you're doing the issues as opposed to, you know, sitting and watching the screen for two hours. Um, it, it works. It doesn't feel uh, like it's just spinning its wheels or taking its time. So there are... Uh, extra scenes, some extra dialogue um, in here of the characters of, of Jin and Mon Mothma talking to each other. Um, some of the stuff dealing with um, uh, the pilot Bodhi um, and the droid. Uh, what's his name? Queso? K- uh, hmm, can't remember his name. Queso. I want to say it's Queso, but I know that's not right because I'm thinking of Queso Cheese Dip uh, from the Mexican restaurant. But anyway, all right. Um, so it's a good, it's, it's better than most any other adaptations that you've read. Um, it's very true to the source, more true to the source um, than, than I think we've ever seen before. Um, one of the interesting things is the cover to the next issue. They, of course, have a preview page on the back, and it shows uh, Jen in that uh, suit, which there's a, a scene in the trailer. Um, you see her in the suit with the helmet off, uh, kind of looking down this hallway or tunnel, like looking back over her shoulder or whatever, that didn't make it into the movie. Um, and that's, you know, given to a lot of 
don't know if you want to call them internet conspiracies, but but when people started to notice that some changes had been made uh, for the final product that was on uh, the screens, that they're they're going to you know touch some of that stuff in the next issue. So that to me, uh, I find pretty interesting. Um, I like this uh, adaptation a lot. I think it's really good. All right, uh, let's jump to some other stuff that the other guys read, like for instance, Champions. Uh, Champions, which my son, who just hollered from upstairs, uh, he loves that book a lot because it's young people being superheroes, and that to him makes it worth reading. Um, Champions number 10. Uh, Both Roddy and Agent underscore 70 talked about this, so I'm going to go through both of their notes. Um, But uh, Agent 70 just basically says that the Champions are doing their best to track down Miss Marvel, but instead try to rescue Inhumans who may not necessarily want to be rescued. Um, you can tell by the banner, of course, this is a Secret Empire uh, crossover or tie-in or whatever. Um, and so here we see uh, Roddy says, of course, Secret Empire tie-in. Um, the team tries to find Ms. Marvel after she fails to check in, and he goes, I guess they don't know about Secret Warriors. Uh, turns out Kamala was in a Hydra-run in, uh, inhuman internment camp of the Pleasant Hill variety that S.H.I.E.L.D. made. It also turns out this Kamala is not the one the team was looking for which I don't, I'm not sure what that means. What do you mean it's not the one they were looking for? Are there two of them? Are there clones of people? It's just maybe it's another Kamala. Maybe it's Kamala from WWE. The the, the, the bald guy with the war paint had like the, the moon painted on his belly and the stars. Uh, ooh, if, if, if WWE's Kamala from the classic Hogan rock and wrestling era is the one in the Hydra internment camp, I will read this book. But I have a feeling I'm going to be let down. So, all right. Um, let's see. Let's go back to Agent 70 stuff. Uh, Black Bolt number three. Uh, let's see if I can find the cover here. Black Bolt number three. There we go. And Black Bolt number three is um, it's a strong favorite of the other guys on the show. I don't read it. I lost interest in all the Inhuman stuff after Inhuman's Prime and the dumping of the other storylines uh, on Earth um, after Inhuman's vs. X-Men. But the, the rest of the guys seem to like this book a lot. He says it's a surprising candidate for his click of the week. Um, he's like, I'm going to have to uh, pick up earlier issues now. Oh, so apparently um, he hasn't been buying them in paper. He's just been reading the review copies, and now he's going to go pick those up. But he says, the absorbing man makes for an interesting ringleader. I'm sure he does. The absorbing man. Um, Let's see here. X-Men Gold number seven. Now, I actually dropped X-Men Gold, um, and it, it had nothing to do with the other controversies that were surrounding this book and all the you know, backstage malarkey. I I was hoping for something, taking the the classic characters that I knew and doing something new and fresh with them. One of the things that Guggenheim had said before is that we're going to try to break out of the old storylines where it's like, boo-hoo, woe is me, I'm a mutant, the world hates me, and try to do something else. And, and so I said, great, I want to see that. But I felt like he just kept using old storylines and beats from stuff that was way too familiar and reusing them in here, which is probably great for people who really lift up um, the early 80s, maybe late 70s era of the X-Men, the Byrne Claremont stuff, uh, which I think is great, but I hey, I have that old stuff, so I can read that old stuff. Um, but uh, So I, I actually dropped this. Um, so here I am. I'm looking at Agent 70's uh, notes here, and he says, um, we really are reusing some of the same story beats from 25, 35 years ago in this book. 
Uh, he says, spoiler alert, ding dong, uh, Colossus cannot access his powers again straight out of the events of the Mutant Massacre. So I don't know what Guggenheim is doing. Like I said, I, I dropped it um, just because it felt too familiar. He just was retreading all the old stuff. Uh, apparently that's still going on. So, uh, you know, I, if that's what you like, I mean, by all means, uh, go go pick it up. I mean, uh, um, a lot of people... I have not liked the X-Men. Um, I have not read a lot of the X-Men. I have not enjoyed a lot of the X-Men since, oh, boy, um, early 90s, I guess. Uh, maybe, maybe Acts of Vengeance was the, the straw that broke the camel's back on that one. I don't know. Um, but I remember reading it much longer than I actually enjoyed it. Uh, and that seems to happen a lot with books, is that you hang on for a while, and you're just hoping they're going to get good. I have no patience uh, for a lot of these books nowadays anymore. Um, just try a couple issues, and if they're just not doing it, out they go. Just uh, not putting up with it anymore these days. Um, so he he seems to be somewhat disappointed that they're doing that same thing again. All right, um, let's see. Batman, Avengers, Spider-Man. Okay, uh, I'm going to do a couple ones then that I've read uh, Hold out here a little bit longer, hoping Roddy shows up here in a little bit, uh, just because I know people are tired of hearing my voice. Nothing I can do for you about that uh, until they get here. I'm, I'm, I'm spinning wheels. I'm stalling for time. I'm trying to think if there's any other interesting anecdotes from the week, <laughs> anything I can talk about, but not really. Is there any old stuff? I can, nah, whatever. All right, let's talk about Letter 44. Uh, I've been a fan of this book for a long time, and Letter 44 is getting ready to wrap up. Um, is it ending in, in issue 35? I think, there, I think there's just one more issue, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, which, and you know, I've been reading this since, since day one, um, and I've, I've enjoyed the story uh, quite a bit. But, uh, yep, next issue, it says right there, next issue is the final issue. So this is it. Um, and boy, is this issue weird. Uh, so to make a long story short, aliens set up a machine near Jupiter, Um, the U.S. sent astronauts to go see what was going on, and it turns out they're building this, aliens are building this big machine to, I guess, suck in the sun, to shoot it at this wave of energy that's coming that's going to destroy our entire solar system, um, and it's going to destroy everyone on Earth. Um, And just, you know, like, we're dead, but our sacrifice will be to slow down this energy wave, which we find out is heading straight for the center of the universe, and when it does, it's going to destroy all of um, everything. Basically. So that's where the story was going, more or less. And um, the last couple issues took some steps back to explain who the aliens were, what had happened, why they were responsible for this, why they are now setting up these machines to try to stop it, um, all of that kind of stuff that was going on. And the aliens basically were trying to harness the solar energy and uh, the machine that they created instead somehow like started to collect it, but then overloaded and backfired, whatever, and created this kind of rip, uh, ripple in space. And um, so if they can't stop it, then it's going to destroy all of existence. So they're basically traveling through the universe. Um, the, the, the ripple is going in a spiral uh, towards the center of the universe. And so they are traveling along the path diagonal, like cutting straight through to the center. And wherever it's, the spiral is intersecting, um, they're going there and they're creating these machines to slow down the wave, to dissipate the energy. Um, then try to stop it from destroying all of creation. So it's been an interesting, it's, it's one of those sci-fis that um, tries to put a little more sci in there, um, which adds for a lot more fi most of the time. Um, but this particular issue, it's, it's all about 
um, Scott Snyder, or I'm sorry, uh, Charles Soule, um, and he's sitting at his desk, and you can see, like, there's a page from Swamp Thing um, hanging on his wall. There's a Daredevil uh, coffee mug. I mean, this is very clearly him. And he's writing as a writer, talking about the end of the world that's coming. And I'm not sure if this is supposed to be like this universe's version of Charles Soule talking about the end of the world coming because everybody on Earth knows that the end of the world is coming. Or if this is the writer, like maybe he's pulling like a Grant Morrison Animal Man uh, type situation where he's writing about himself writing the comic uh, and he's talking existentially about the end of the world coming, and he knows the end of the world is coming, and all these people are going to be destroyed, but it's the people he's been writing about in the book. I'm not 100% sure where he's trying to aim this story, uh, but that's that's what he's doing in this issue. And it is weird. Um, it is, <clears throat> it's one of those books that really takes a risk. And on the one hand, I do appreciate that risk. Um, the fact that um, he's doing something different. Um, the, the whole time he's writing about earth and he's writing about, um, you know, being a writer and what it's like to be a writer. These, these energy things, these purple, blue, pink things are coming and uh, taking over more and more of the page. Um, and, you know, as he's talking about life on earth, it's just, it's, it's eating away more and more and more um, until finally you get to the end. And it's, it's that wave traveling through space Um and I, like I said, I appreciate the risk that he takes, but at the same time, I'm I'm invested in the characters. Like I'm reading this because of the characters and the 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 universe that he's built and the the buildup of the story leading to the conclusion. Um, and maybe the conclusion is everybody on Earth is going to die. Who, who knows? Maybe that very well could be it. Um, but it's it's kind of disappointing that you get to the penultimate issue. There's only one left after this, and he spends the entire thing just to um, self-indulge, um, you know, and, and, and put in some drawings of himself sitting at his table um, writing about the stuff. Like, the neat thing about when Grant Morrison did it on Animal Man is that he was interacting with Buddy Baker. He was, he was affecting the story um, with his interactions with the character, whereas this is more of just an intellectual um, exercise, uh, which is not as exciting when you're barreling towards a finale. You really wish for more uh, of the story to actually come through. And so, like I said, it's a little disappointing the way that he's um, played with that here. Again, I appreciate the risk. Um, so I'll give him credit for that, but it is disappointing nonetheless. So, all right, moving on. Let's see. I've got, I've got like this stack of books down here. Um, oh, Justice League. Sure. Let's talk about Justice League. Um, I have been also picking up Aquaman, uh, reading Aquaman uh, these past few months, uh, getting caught up on the title, uh, and, and I've enjoyed it. Um, I've actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and the recent events in Aquaman, uh, they've put previews in the back of a lot of the DC books. Uh, I think the, tw- the, the anniversary issues, or the 25th um, special editions, they were oversized, they had extra story pages, and then they tacked on a little bit on the end. So uh, if you have any of those books, uh, you can see a little bit of what's going on with the story, but basically he's been dethroned. Someone else has come to power. They've used uh, magic to seal off Atlantis. So no one else uh, can get in or out um, at the moment. And everyone believes that Aquaman is dead and he's trapped inside. Mira, on the other hand, she's on the outside. 
And so she is desperately trying to break through this magic uh, gate, uh, this, this force field that's been put around Atlantis, trying to get in and rescue uh, Arthur, and she just can't get through. And as she's trying to do this, it's creating you know, these giant tidal waves and causing problems throughout the ocean. And so it's really making it um, uh, threatening for everybody else, really causing problems uh, for the rest of planet Earth. So the Justice League has to come in and deal uh, with Mira uh, and try to figure out you know, what's going on and how to help. Um, and uh, basically what they're doing is they're setting up Mira to temporarily take Aquaman's place, or even maybe she'll join the team long term. Um, I don't know necessarily, um, but because Aquaman is unavailable, she's basically coming in to fill that spot, which works. Um, she has a lot of powers uh, to herself. Um, she is, uh, um, she's been thrown out by her underwater community, uh, which is different from the Atlanteans. Um, the Atlanteans don't trust her and like her, so she doesn't really fit in there. Um, so Aquaman was really the only person that she uh, fit with. And so um, she's, uh, really has no place in the DC universe outside of the Aquaman book. So they're trying to find a spot uh, where she can fit in and join the team. And like I said, she does have powers. Um, she is pretty powerful. Um, she is a good character. Um, and the, the feeling that you get of her as a replacement for Aquaman, again, it feels like it's a temporary thing while stuff is going on in his book. So it's not like she's here to replace Aquaman. Um, they made jokes in the Aquaman books about calling her Aqua woman, um, you know, just because, because he has a name, so why not give her a name, you know? Uh, but it never really stuck with the character. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like, you know, the, the way Marvel has done some of those characters where you, you know, you shunt off someone and you bring someone else to fill in. It's not done that way. Uh, it's more of a organic uh, flowing of what's happening in the Aquaman books where, you know, she's got nowhere to go. Uh, this is a great place for her to fit in within the DC universe. One thing also, I found very interesting was the um, DC always does two covers um, for all of their books. Um, so well, all of their, you know, main two ninety nine, three ninety nine DC universe books, not the vertigo or uh, young animal, the young animal books do, but it's one of those things DC has done to just, you know, kind of prop up sales a little bit. I mean, let's be honest, but um, usually one cover kind of relates to the story. And then one cover is just kind of a random thing to throw in. Um, for instance, let me go back to Superman. We talked about Superman a little earlier. The, this is the Superman cover, uh, and it shows, you know, Superman and Jonathan. You see Clark and Jonathan sitting there. That fits the story. Makes perfect sense, right? Uh, but then they have this alternate cover, this variant cover, um, because the book came out the week of 4th of July. So it's a nice, patriotic, all-American type cover. Uh, and it's got that shield in the back that, you know, harkens back to the 40s and... Um, Maybe even a little bit of a dig there, Captain America. I don't know. Don't don't take it too seriously. Whatever. Um, but you see, this one has nothing really to do with the story. It just happens to be there. Um, the Batman book. Uh, we've got the Riddler. Or we've got Batman putting together the pieces of a Joker puzzle, as it is the War of Jokes and Riddles. So you have a puzzle with the Joker. Uh, some missing pieces. You've got a question mark here. Uh, the part where the mouth is is all scraped out. Looks kind of like the wound that Nigma has um, in the middle of his belly. The alternate cover is just this um, Poison Ivy thing. Now, Poison Ivy does make an appearance in the book. She's in, like, I think three pages um, of the book. It's not huge or anything. She's not a major, you know, key part uh, of what's going on in this book necessarily. 
Um, but it's just there. So, you know, another artist has a chance to draw the character. They do another cover. Doesn't really play in, you know, really a whole lot. Um, and then Justice League. We, we have the Justice League cover with uh, Mira and all of the Justice Leaguers there. And then we've got the uh, variant cover, which is Mira and all the Justice Leaguers there. Uh, very similar. Although this one uh, shows them fighting, but then they work it out. You get the other cover. Um, but I do think it's interesting. And you can even see the artist interpreting her suit, uh, her crown. And uh, this one is just the solid green, like Aquaman's pants. Uh, whereas this one has the um, gold trim work on it and a different crown. It's just, I don't know, it's just kind of funny to me. It's interesting how how they are just so very similar this time. It's not something that you uh, usually see in this type of stuff. And also a note to uh, Matt Wang. Matt Wang um, chimed in a minute ago, said he's watching the show. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, I know you read a whole bunch of books. So, Matt Wang, uh, if there was anything in particular that you think uh, deserves a moment to talk about, maybe a key book that came out this week or something, uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at PCN underscore dirt, and uh, just throw it out there. Let me know what you think about that stuff. All right. Um, I'm trying to see if there were any other notifications. I heard something else ding in the background. It always throws me off when I'm in the middle of recording and something just dings uh, back there somewhere. On a, of course, I'm surrounded by tablets and Chromebooks and computers and, and the whatnots uh, of this world. Nonetheless, though, uh, still holding out, hoping Roddy's going to show up anytime soon. Um, I don't see him, though. Um, Roddy also had Nick Fury, which I read. Um G.I. Joe, Unstoppable Wasp. Okay. Um, he did not read Daredevil or... Sp- oh, he didn't read Spider-Man. Roddy didn't read Spider-Man? Oh, well then, let's talk about Spider-Man. All right. Where are you at, Spider-Man? Miles Morales. This is a shout-out to you. There he is. Let's throw him up there. Spider-Man number 18. Um, this one, uh, I enjoyed. Um, I've had a lot of problems with Bendis uh, over the last couple months. There's been a few problems with the way he's... Pace stories the way issues will be nothing but dialogue. Um, you know, nothing really happens. Uh, a lot of talking heads and long conversations. The last few issues have seemed to strike a better balance between putting in some action and then having those Bendis style conversations. Um, they're a lot, to me, it's a lot more interesting when you at least put a little bit of storyline into it and a little bit of action instead of what he tends to do, where they just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So, uh, having said that, in this, we do find um, Miles is continuing to fight uh, Hammerhead, uh, doing it for the sake of, um, oh, what's her name? I want to say her name was Glitter Bomb, but I know that's wrong. I can't think of her name. Um, Boomer? Banger? Bopper? The Big Bopper. I'm going to call her the Big Bopper, because I got nothing else. Um, but anyway... Oh, man, everything's chiming now all of a sudden. Um, so he's fighting um, Hammerhead, and um, he's Miles is really losing control. Um, and he's having a hard time controlling his emotions, right? So um, he's just in this fight, and he's fighting them, and he's getting carried away. And he because he's so enraged and um, emotional and whatever, and then he starts to lose the fight. He's getting taken out. Uh, so, so Gold Balls, who has been the uh, roommate or friend of theirs at the uh, school, uh, has decided to run down and intervene. And so we start seeing Gold Balls doing his thing where he says the name and Gold Balls actually pop out of him uh, and fly all over the place. Um, and so he's 
getting involved in this fight, throwing out the gold balls, trying to get involved. And, um, you know, we, we do see the fight with Hammerhead come to a conclusion. We see Black Cat, who's been working with um, uh, Hammerhead, come talk to him later and talk about how he's screwing everything up and, um, you know, Miles needs to be taken care of. Um, but we also get the we also get some good conversation stuff thrown in there. Some of the stuff that Bendis tends to overdo. For instance, Miles's mom recently found out that he is running around as Spider Man uh, in this alternate Spider Man suit, um, and she doesn't like it, uh, but she's got to deal with it. And so she happens to be there when Miles is brought home, beaten up, broken ribs, um, had a hard time in the middle of this fight, um, and so um, it's it, it it strikes a good balance. Uh, between telling the story of this fight and Miles trying to work his way through it, and a, and a guy like Goldball is actually showing off that he can, you know, accomplish something with the goofiest uh, gimmick and the um, goofiest powers, and you know, it's it's hard for anyone to take him seriously. Um, but yet he he comes in and does a good job fighting, and then dealing with uh, all the other stuff that's going on in his life. Um, like I said, it's just it's it's really interesting and well done the way they've pulled it together. Agent Seventy says. What if Aunt May knew Peter was Spidey back in high school and helped him out once in a while? This story is going down that path. Also, teenage love life drama. And that is the one thing that does kind of, you know, just bring it down a little bit for me is the fact that, um, yeah, we are starting to get a little bit of this. The jackpot. Is that her name? Jackpot? Maybe it's jackpot, not Big Bopper. <laughs> whatever that, whatever her name was. Um, but uh, she's... She, She's going to be a complication for Miles. Um, Miles has this thing going on with Spider-Gwen, if you read any of that crossover stuff that uh, happened a few months back. Um, it looks like Jackpot is going to be um, a foil in that. She's going to be the third of that. Uh, she's the third person in that uh, two-person relationship, which is always a difficult thing uh, to have to deal with, um, which... You know, it's a book about teenagers. That stuff is going to be in there. It makes sense. Um, but, you know, I buy it for the punchy-punchy. So, anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, what other books have come out this week? Uh, come on, Roddy Cat, where you at? It's 8.53. You were supposed to be out of the movie by now. He stopped for another popcorn, probably. Just had to get an extra. Oh, Iron Fist. I did read Iron Fist this week. And you know what? I like Iron Fist. I like Iron Fist a lot. Uh, let's talk about Iron Fist briefly here. Uh, Iron Fist, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, it's on Netflix. You can watch that. Uh, so pause this show, go watch it, and then come back. Now, while they're gone, the rest of us can go, ooh, Iron Man on Netflix. That wasn't really all that great. Yeah, well, whatever. Don't don't say anything to them. Maybe they won't figure it out. Okay, now that you're back, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on. This has been a Mortal Kombat, the movie-inspired um, type storyline uh, Danny Rand has the powers of the Iron Fist, and he's been pulled into this tournament on this mysterious island, and he's fighting against these different houses, and these different styles of Kung Fu, and um, it's been a lot of fun watching him fight these different uh, characters, but we find out that all of the people who are the martial arts leaders of these different houses or different schools of Kung Fu, um, they're all outcasts from the city... That was once Shangri-La, but now they, what do they call it? Kun, Kunlan? Kunlin? Kun, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the Netflix show, so I'm sure they said it 50,000 times in that show. I don't know how you pronounce it. Kun, Kunlan. Um, anyway, they, they want to go back there, but they can't. They've been uh, 
removed or, or disconnected from there. And so they're hoping that one of their people can defeat Iron Fist and get that power, which will relink them uh, to the city so that they can go back um, and they can, you know, retake their rightful place there. And one of the guys, turns out, uh, doesn't want to wait. Uh, he's not willing to let there be a fair fight. Uh, he's going to get in the middle of it, and he's going to get in the middle of it now, and he's going to cause all sorts of problems, and he actually kills off one of the guys in the last issue uh, that Danny was supposed to fight. So here, um, Danny goes to expose him. Um, they toss battle, uh, if you will. The final guy he has to beat, the, the guy on the cover, this this guy right here. Although in the comic, it's uh, red and blue instead of black and white. So it's it's almost like they put the Venom version on the cover and then the Spider-Man one is in the book. Uh, it's really weird. Nonetheless, though, as this fight goes on, it does not go well. Um, one of the, the key things about Danny Rand in the storyline is the fact that he doesn't feel like he has anything to fight for anymore. And not having that confidence and that strength... Um, has kept him from really tapping into the chi of the Iron Fist the way he needs to. Um, so there's a real 70s vibe to it. Um, a real, you know, Iron Fist master of Kung Fu. Like, if you remember the black and white magazines, I remember the magazines that they, I think they were reprints of the comic. I don't think the original comic was in black and white, but they reprinted them in black and white, oversized. They did it with Punisher and Conan um, years later. I remember reading those, and I liked um, that 70s feel that... Um, Kung Fu movie, Shaw Brothers uh, type stuff. And this has a lot of that uh, same type stuff going on. So um, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a really good book. Um, it's, it's brainless in some ways. Um, you're not going to get any deep insights uh, into your life or relationships or anything like that. But you're going to see some ass kicking and some Kung Fu fighting. Um, and it's all fun, good stuff. So... I think, uh, you know, especially if you were disappointed in the series on Netflix, you, you definitely want to check it out. It is fun. It is a lot of good. Uh, I, I really, really like that book a lot. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm really surprised uh, because usually uh, I'm, I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel, I'll admit. And I'm not really into a lot of the Marvel, you can call them B-level characters. Um, sometimes people call them street-level characters. Um, not the same as B-level, but, you know, just another way of classifying characters. Um but, uh, but I really enjoy this book. It's been a lot of fun. And part of it is because it's not taking itself too seriously while at the same time being super serious about what it's talking about, which uh, it's hard to balance that a lot of times. But the way it does, it's, it's good stuff. So definitely recommend that. I did read another Spider-Man book this week, uh, Spider-Man Master Plan. And this is, um, this is an out-of-continuity, kind of an all-ages Spider-Man story. Um, I, I really believe that this was put out simply for the sake of the movie um, because the only, I think the only other hero that gets mentioned is Tony Stark, uh, Stark Tower. And so that's a big part of the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. So I believe this is put out just for the sake of the movie. So if you've got a, a kid, um, you know, that you took to see Spider-Man Homecoming, um, who maybe, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to throw him a, a copy of Amazing Spider-Man because they haven't read it for the last six years, so they don't really understand you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on or whatever. Um, this is just a good one-off, one-shot. Um, and in the back, it reprints the first uh, appearance of the Vulture, the uh, Stanley and um, Steve Ditko story. But basically, uh, Spider-Man is trying to get uh, to a musical 
which is just called, not Hamilton, it's called Founding Fathers. And, um, of course, the Spidey Sense goes off, and it turns out that the Spidey Sense keeps going off and keeps going off, keeps going off, and there are, uh, like, every stooge in town, every crime family, every guy who owns a hockey mask, or not hockey mask, ski mask, sorry, that'd be a completely different story. Every guy who owns a ski mask is just going out and, Stealing safes and breaking into banks and stealing from uh, grocery stores and, uh, you know, everything at one time is just this giant, giant mess of a night. And he's got to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on um, and why. And so, uh, again, it's it's out of continuity. It's all ages. It's just a fun uh, general Spider-Man story. I'm not a big fan of Dan Slott. Um especially ever since Superior ended, uh, and I kind of gave up on it after a while. And this is just, for, for someone like me who's not reading um, the monthly Amazing, uh, to just, you know, get your Spider-Man fix. It's a fun Spider-Man story. It's there. And when it's done, it's done. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Um, I did actually pick up one of these. I don't know if uh, anyone else there has picked up uh, one of these. It's the Digest uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and it's all reprint stuff. And there's reprint stuff from way back in the day and there's reprint stuff uh from like maybe the 70s thrown in there then we get some reprint stuff from um the um, all ages spider-man book that they were doing a few years ago the marvel adventures uh spider-man stuff um we get some stuff that's more uh, based off the uh cartoon era stuff i think again from marvel adventures uh just from a different uh, you know, volume time period of that. Um, and then we get some stuff from the more, you know, recent, um, what do they call it? Marvel's ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show, uh, where they actually take the, the cartoon and turn it into panels and make a comic out of it. So this is actually a fun journey through the history of Spider-Man. Next one's going to be Avengers. And weirdly enough, you look at these and you go, Oh, that's kind of like the old, um, Archie. Archie used to do these little digest books. Well, guess what? Guess who published these? It was actually Archie. Marvel worked out some sort of deal with Archie. Um, Archie's using their digest skills. And I think it has to do with newsstands. Um, DC, uh, Titan, Archie, um, and I think Boom Studios are the only ones doing newsstand comics. So if you go out to like a Barnes & Noble uh, or Books A Million and you're looking at comics on the rack um, that you can buy, they're going to be there. Uh, Marvel actually pulled out of that market a few years ago. Um, they just couldn't financially; it wasn't working for them anymore. Um, Archie, though, doing these digests. Um, Archie still has these digests in grocery stores, uh, places like Kmart, um, some WalMarts, um, places like that. Um, Meyer, um, well, they'll have the the digest size books. And so I think Marvel, uh, in order to you know cut some of the costs, uh, watch out for some of the losses. Um, has made this deal with them to do these digest books uh, and get them into some of those other, you know, mass market areas where hopefully they can um, find some new readers, uh, little kids, you know, whatever, get this in their hands. So next one is going to be Avengers. Uh, so that ought to be interesting. So anyway, there is that. Roddy still isn't here and it's after nine o'clock. So all right, Roddy, I'm just going to move on to the other books. We'll talk about them. And I also have a click of the week for, uh, for Agent 70 there. But uh, first one I'm going to talk about here, Nick Fury. Nick Fury number four. I love this series. Uh, this series is so much fun. Nick Fury, being the special agent that he is, has to go and um, 
break into Atlantis to find a Hydra agent that's down there. Um, of course, Atlantis in the Marvel Universe is uh, a little different. <clears throat> There's a lot of uh, blue-skinned guys running around there, so Nick Fury puts on this blue, this fake blue skin thing and uses this weird stuff that S.H.I.E.L.D. came up with that allows him to breathe underwater, but only for an hour. He only has so much time that in order to achieve his uh, uh, his goal here. And so he's got to work his way through Atlantis, through this... Uh, you know, what feels like an alien world, um, fight these people. And um, it, it's funny because um, it it really plays on, I think, the way a lot of readers feel about Atlantis and some of that stuff. There are um, a few times he runs into uh, some of the people um, in Atlantis and he's not exactly sure how to deal with them. Um and uh, Matt Wang pops in to say that he loves the uh, Nick Fury book as well. And here is Roddy Cat. He read the Nick Fury book as well. What's going on, Roddy? Hey, how's it going? And yes, I also love the, the Nick Fury book. It is it's pretty great so far. You are um, you are popping a little bit, of course. I'm always popping. Always. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> audio-wise, yeah. Um, yeah, so Nick Fury book. We got a thumbs up on Nick Fury from you, from me, uh, from Matt Wang. Uh, I think Nick Fury is, is the way to go for a lot of people. This is a really fun, um, you know, and, and the first couple books were really playing off of uh, James Bond and Jason Bourne and that stuff. This one with Atlantis feels so incredibly different. Um, it almost feels, uh, I don't even know how to, like maybe in um, R. Man Flint, maybe they're they're playing off the absurdity of the craziness of that kind of stuff a little bit more. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun to see just how... Um, how out of place he was, you know, uh, I, I hate to say it, but almost like a fish out of water. <laughs> but where's our sound effects? Yeah, I know. Right. He's not here. But anyway, what do you want to say about Nick Fury? So I would agree with everything you said. Um, you still don't get the sense, but then again, this is a James Robinson thing. Like the first arc is usually, well, this is kind of more set up in like single, single uh, story issues, but they seem to all end up playing into each other or playing into something a little bit bigger later in the series like we saw that in scarlet witch uh we probably would have seen that in and um actually we kind of did see that in all new invaders and you know and the like but yeah i like said i agree with you with this i should probably put my mic a little bit closer how about that there we go oh that sounds good yeah um but yeah i agree with everything you just said and i do like the fact that and i don't know if they said this before or not but it kind of seems like they're setting nick up to kind of be like the man behind like the man in the the man behind the action you know uh kind of like his dad was i guess because you know he was usually behind the scenes kind of doing stuff while the heroes were off doing whatever they were doing but you know but but not to the extent of his dad you know so like he's there to help pull strings and get stuff done right but but not get the the credit dirty right he's doing the dirty work while the you know while the the heroes handle the bigger stuff yeah kind of situation so, and I kind of appreciate that. I feel like they may have said that about this book, but I am not entirely sure if that was the case or not. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This one, I think they might have, I wonder if they kind of, they seemed like they may have toned down, like there was still a little bit going on with the art, especially in a lot of pages. But Yeah, it, it wasn't as crazy kind of, a lot of times. Um, and, and I think part of that was uh, uh, having to deal with the fact that he was underwater. Um, so it was more like he was struggling to, to fit in. There wasn't really time to do um, any great, like, train chases or car um, chases or, you know, anything weird with all of that stuff. It's more like 
he was discovering what Atlantis was like more than really feeling, you know, when he's doing one of his other runs, uh, you know, it feels like he's more in his element. And this was really more out of his element and more struggling, um, which, you know, you find out because of how the, uh, how the thing almost turned out. So, right. Right. So, yeah. So like, there's, there's, I'm curious to see what the, the bigger picture of this book is going to be. If it isn't, if it is indeed one to it. And also go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I hope so. Like, I I really want to see where this is building to, but I'm also afraid that it's going to be a book that's going to disappear before its time. That seems to be how his a couple of his other books, <laughs> has, yeah. And like I said, Scarlet Witch was great. All the Invaders was was pretty great. You know, at least it was building to be great. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm hoping this one's going to have some legs, but I kind of feel that the same way. So, all right, um, I do have I do have the click of the week for Agent Seventy. Nice. Um, but before we go into that, obviously, what books do you want to talk about here? Well, oh yeah, he did definitely fill it out, didn't he? Uh, did you talk about any of his stuff? Or um, yeah, I I went through his stuff. Uh, the only thing I haven't talked about was his click of the week, but I've discussed everything else. Okay, um, but if you want to add anything to you know Avengers or Batman or anything, yeah, actually, uh, Avengers and probably Champions. Uh, let's see what he actually said about that. So let's go with Avengers first. I'll add a little bit of a. I kind of I kind of dug the story a little bit. This it weirdly reminded me of Black Science. If you read that, um, if you have read, that I, book. I know what you're talking about, but no, I haven't read it. Okay, yeah, um, which is a, a recommended book uh, with um, I can't remember who the audience is, but um, it seems like a story that would fit in that instead of Avengers because it's basically like Thor's in another dimension and the story is being told like you probably have already said being told in. Um, you know, in another dimension, but I, I enjoyed the story. It was pretty cool. Uh, it had nothing to do with Secret Empire that that, that you could tell. So that part was seemed to be because well, it has isn't, it, isn't it because she's separated from Earth because of the electromagnetic the ball of whatever that the Hydra put I around mean, Earth? Maybe that's possible, but they don't. I don't remember them saying anything about that. That's the thing. Like normally, like in Champions. Um, did they even say anything about the champions? Like in Champions, Champions was a, was a, you could tell that it was a tie, and you could actually, and they even pointed to the fact that well, this person's not here because of you know because of that reason, and this other person, blah blah blah. You know, they 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 put that reason out there. This one, I don't remember them saying that anywhere during the course of the story. So that was the part that was like, mm, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But but if they did, maybe I missed it. So, but that's what I said. Like I said, it was a pretty good single story. Um, and I don't see where the tie-in is, but then again, sometimes tie-ins don't always tie directly in. Right. So, um, and like I said, with uh, Champions number 10, uh, which I also enjoyed, um, you know, they were going after, they were trying to infiltrate this internment camp and trying to find Miss Marvel, who they thought was there. It turns out not to be the case, but... Okay, so here's the thing. I, I was talking about, um, I was reading the notes that you guys had with this book earlier, and you said... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of you guys put, I forget which one, um, <clears throat> said that the Kamala that they rescue is not the Kamala they're looking for. That is correct. Um, is there any chance it's Kamala, the WWE wrestler from the Hulk Hogan era? <laughs> no. Just- oh, dang it. Man, I was so going to go out and buy a copy <laughs> of that Kamala. No, not that one. Way too small. Like, <laughs> Well, actually, wait. I, I don't remember. I think I have seen that wrestler, and I hope I'm actually saying that. Yeah, he was a big dude. He was a big dude. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I'm thinking of her, but I'm thinking also thinking of somebody different then. Anyway, but no, not them. <laughs> so they go through this whole thing to try to go in and res- rescue her, and it turns out Amadeo has something to do with this camp that was made, but it, obviously it's Hydra run now because of Secret Empire and da 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 da. But you get some of the, as champions wants to do sometimes, there are some, uh, let's say, real world lessons that are kind of being talked about here, you know, which is not which is not a bad thing, but um, but you can. Like if you, if you know the stuff they're talking about, you see it. And it's like it's just plain and day, plain as day. So, but that was a good read, regardless, and it was a fairly fast, fast read. So, um, better, but boom, boom. That being said, I don't think I read anything else that he had. And so I will get to. Well, I guess we can rapidify this then. If, if so, yeah, go ahead. All right, so I only have a couple left, and that being the case, because you talk about Nick Fury. So let's talk about Unstoppable Wasp. Nope, that's not. Sorry, that's not. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go down to the list. Uh, G.I. Joe number seven. Actually, I, I definitely want to save that one. Save to stop Wasp. So, so instead, you want to go to the crown jewel of the Hasbro right. universe? Because we have to. I, we're not contractually obligated to do this, but you know, it comes out. You might as well. This book continues to be weird. Um, and not because of the wake up makeup of the team, because obviously the Jet Joe, the makeup of different folks, but because of the fact that, one, they have a Transformer on the team. Not only is the Transformers, it's a Decepticon. Uh, there's a kind of kind of buddy buddy thing between Skywarp, the Transformer, and Rock and Roll. Uh, and Rock and Roll in this issue was turned into some, as I said in my notes, some uh, metal album cover demon thing that the team ended up fighting for seemingly no apparent reason because they were underground hunting what I believe to be. Okay, Dirt, let me see if you remember these. Do you remember? Um, I can't remember which G.I. Joe mini it was. I think it was the first one where Duke got captured. And there was some, and I might be wrong, wrong about the, the placement of this, but there were some cre- creatures that were kind of um, guarding the, the slaves that they were using when Duke got captured. And they were like big horn dudes. Do you remember that? Or do you remember any kind of horn? Are you, are you talking in, in the comics? Yes. It, well, in the show. In the show. In the cartoon. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a little different. Um, yeah. Duke was captured. Well, granted, he was captured twice, and the second time was with uh, Snake Eyes, so... Um, no, I, I'm going to do some Googling real quick. And I'm trying to remember the name of those creatures, but I think these are the ones that they were going after, because every time they've shown up in this book for the last few issues, I was like, where are these creatures from? They can't be just... They can't have just pulled them out of the air. And then they, there was another version of them that shows up, and I was like, okay, I think I remember where these things come from, and they were in the show, so they were actually pulling from the show, but... Anyway, regardless, they're under they're um they're deep down underground trying to find the source of these creatures because a couple of issues they just came up for no apparent reason, or seemingly no apparent reason. But um the teams end up fighting Rock and Roll who gets turns into a monster, and then they find the source of these creatures, and then on the other side of this, um Scarlet, who's on their base, gets visited by Duke, who knows that she's holding the Baroness. And no one knew that but her and like Roblox uh, last issue. Then you have another sad story where Snake Eyes and Helix, which is another Joe, went AWOL trying to do the same thing that the, the front first team was doing. And there were some issues there because when they got back, you know, that caused some problems. And Quick Kit is challenging Snake Eyes now to, to, a, uh, to a martial arts battle, which I, apparently is going to happen next issue. Like, this book is oh and uh doc jr which is a who is a, is a dire wraith as part dire wraith excuse me so like i said this this book has been doing some weirdness but then again this whole the whole hasbro thing has been 
pretty weird. Yeah, and having... and the re- all the revolution stuff has been crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Trying to match. I haven't gone back and finished that stuff yet. So some of that stuff is like, what the hell happened to, to bring this about? But you know, I, I'll get there. It's nothing I can. I, it's something I can wait for. But in the meantime, like I said, the book's weird, but it's still kind of fun to read in spots. But it's not strictly a GI <laughs> Joe book. <laughs> And that's the that's the weirdness about it because like yeah okay it's the Joe team and they're doing like Joe stuff and Cobra shows up there sometimes but then you got this other stuff that they're they're you know that they're dealing with being the Hasbro the crown jewel of the Hasbro universe. Well, considering how many reboots and relaunches the GI Joe series has had, um, you know there was the original Marvel run that ran a long time and they even brought that's that okay. back for a while, but then they had like technically still back though because but it's just with IDW. Well, yeah, but I, I don't think, yeah. do they still do Real American Hero? Yeah. In fact, um, last week, uh, my shop gave uh, was trying to give me a copy of that, but th- this was the one I usually get. So Real American uh, Hero is definitely still around. Like, they brought it back, I want to say two, maybe three years ago. And yeah, well, I, I remember them bringing it back at IDW and say they were continuing on, and they got Larry Hama uh, to right. come back and, and work going. on it. But I just, couldn't, I just couldn't remember the last time an actual issue came out. Last week. All right, then. Well, fair enough. <laughs> like I said, if what, uh, um, well, I mean, I, I knew before that, but like I said, I was like, uh, I kind of wanted to pick up Real American Hero, but I'm like, at this point, like, I don't know where it's at because they've done stuff because they had all that stuff with, you know, killing off snake eyes and all that other stuff. And as far as I know, none of that ties into here. I don't know. Obviously, you know, because that's, that's, uh, that's going on a pretty separate timeline as far as I know. So, it's yeah, weird. it is a different. It is completely separate from this universe because mm-hmm. when IDW when they launched they had well actually Image Comics did a, a run of it and theirs was completely different, right? Um, and then IDW started theirs uh, with Chuck Dixon, um, and th- and I, I really enjoyed that run, uh, but then that ended and then they did some relaunch. Uh, right, they did like two relaunches and I think those that might have been the Image ones and those weren't bad actually. They just didn't last long, and you know it's like they they started it and then that went like a. Didn't even reach uh, double digits, and then they restart, stopped it or restarted it again with another writer, and then that one ended too. And then that was like right before they started doing this mess. All right, GI Joe, Real American Hero two forty one is the one that came out last week. Yep. If I slide it, slide it right there, there you can see it. There's two forty one. There you go. And that is definitely keeping with the Joe, you know. So, like I said, this is definitely a different spin on on uh, the folks, but it's it. There's a, a funness and the weirdness in it. I will say that. But nevertheless, it is still weird. Does it still feel, though, like the crown jewel of the Hasbro universe? I mean, it is totally the crown jewel of the Hasbro universe because they are just sucking stuff in from the <laughs> other properties, you know, here and there. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, what, what else do you want to talk about? All right, last but not least is, in fact, I will go ahead and say it right now, it is my click of the week, Unstoppable Wasp number seven. And I will say, as I said in my notes, if they had planned a Generations um, one-shot, for later, which I don't remember if they were going to do or not. If they had, they probably won't need to do it because this one is a good one. So um, as, this, as the um, cover implies, we have one Janet Van Dyne comes into the fold and kind of do, you know, what she does, which, you know, a lot of people in the past have said not much, but actually you know, she wasn't, I think she's probably considered probably the best Avengers chair for reasons uh, and as also being the heart of the team and I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm kind of a fan of the, of the Wasp, but of, the, of that run when she was um, when she was Avengers chair, 
But that said, so after all the other issues with um, that Nadia's been having issues, you know, her best friends was trying to get was trying to take her back to the red room. She had a bomb in her. They took the bomb. Her um, science, science crew took the bomb out of her, but they caused her to go into some shock. Um, and this picks up kind of right after that, where Nadia's freaking out because like all of this has happened, and then uh, Deirdre was still kind of floating around on the periphery of that. And who calls Janet? Janet comes in, and the whole story is being told from uh, from Janet's point of view. So you get that. Um, so Janet comes in and you know talks it all through to try to calm down Nadia. And, and as also also as I said in my um, notes, I will just read this verbatim. Um, come on, come on, come on. Here we go. So we find out that Nadia is her father's child in more than one way, and sadly we also find out that Janet can't stay away from catching Pim hands. So if you know anything about the history of the Wasp, you know what I'm talking about. Did you you say hams? Hands. Mm -hmm. I thought you said hams. H-A-M. No, no. I mean, I was like, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this reference, but no, I'm interested. No. <laughs> no, there were some tacos, no hams, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, which is fine. Tacos are better. But, um, but yeah, so like I said, the, the whole story is kind of Janet kind of assessing the situation, kind of taking control of the situation and helping Nadia out with what's all been going on. Because, you know, like I said, during the course of the story, um, this is pretty much the cleanup during, you know, after the big fight that happened last issue. Um, get all the girls home, but there's a problem with that because the, the, the parents are having issues because of all that happened. She, like I said, Nadia's freaking out because of all this is going on and her best friend's in the hospital. And then Whirlwind shows up because you can't have a can't, can't have Wasp in the story without Whirlwind showing up, you know, every now and then. And the Beetle, actually, but, you know, that, which is kind of funny. So that ends up being a little squabble and the, the two Wasps work together and everything turns out for the better at the end. So it was a, it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty, oh, and Millie Model for some reason shows up. And this is not a Bendis book with all these random No, it is not a Bendis book. It is not a Bendis book. And we can be thankful for that. Um, I think Jerome Whittle has been actually doing a pretty, pretty good job with this book. Um, I know some people don't like Nadia because she's really plucky. We kind of see a slightly different side of her. Well, not necessarily different because like she, she has had tendencies to kind of switch moods. But like I said, we see her from Janet's angle. You know, and we see Janet's role in her life. And probably what seems to be going forward in her life, that kind of situation. But um, all right. so out of all those ones, cool. all those ones that you've read, this is your click of the week. Then, yeah, this is a, yeah, okay. This is actually my click of the week. It was no joke. Right. Um, let's see here. Agent seventy put Daredevil as his click of the week, um, and let me quickly read here what he wrote. <clears throat> he said, "This issue absolutely grabbed the lawyer in me and had me all the way through to the cliffhanger." It was refreshing to read a story where the hero is striving to protect a secret identity again. I just wish Marvel editorial would put people uh, would put in editorial notes that reference the Soul She-Hulk series, so that people would go back at least and read those issues where Daredevil guest starred. And that was so, a good run. I wish I had asked him about that when I saw. Well, I wish I had time to ask him about that when I saw my heroes, because I wanted to ask him. I was like, well, because that run was actually a pretty good run of She-Hulk, and I was like, well, I wonder if there was anything that you wanted to do before you finished that book. But I never got a chance to ask him. All right. Um, Tim, uh, Tim didn't put any notes, so I'm going to have to assume that his click of the week was Zombie Tramp. The old um, tried and true standby. The, <laughs> number one of the new reprints of the old series. So if you miss the original uh, Zombie Tramp series, you can go, go pick it up. So Enjoy get it. with it. 
So there's that. Um, you know, I'm actually I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm actually going to put Iron Fist number five as my click of the week. I really enjoyed that. I, I really dig this that. book. Yeah. I, and and one thing about this book is um when he's getting into the he's getting into the big fight the the boss battle uh, so to speak at the end the 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 mental games that they're trying to play with him is the fact that all of these people have conspired against him because they are from whatever the name of that city is Kunla Kunla yeah where you say it um, they are all from there and they are like this you know, Iron Fist power, this chi, this belongs to us. And you, you're an outsider and you took it. You don't deserve to have it. And he has to basically, you know, remind himself, no, I deserve this because I want it. Like I faced the challenge and I took it and, you know, too bad. if, Yeah. So too bad if you don't like it. Um, You know, there's, there's kind of a, kind of an underlying theme of, well, you say it's yours, but I do it better. So now it's mine uh, kind of thing going on there, which, uh, I enjoy that message too, kind of uh, being thrown right. back in their face. But it is it is a good wrap up to this arc. Um, like I said, it's the boss battle of what's been going on, um, and the next it's you can tell they're taking a different direction in the next arc. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes. So I've enjoyed this a whole lot. I think the story worked really well, um, and it is really interesting to see what what they're doing with this character. That you know, outside the Netflix series, nobody. You know, they, the Power Man and Iron Fist series, but that was really like a niche book. That was not, you know, that wasn't like an Avengers, uh, you know, type of thing that, that got the character out in front of everybody. So they can kind of play with him a little bit and have some more fun with him and do something different with him. And doing the, the 70s kung fu movie uh, type thing, I think, is a lot of fun. This is a good companion book with Nick Fury. And the way Nick Fury is playing up those old spy books, this is playing up those old kung fu movies. So I really enjoyed it a lot. That's my click. I wouldn't say Parmenas was, was niche, but I, but I get what you're saying about that. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's, not, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's you're not, not being served up like some of the some of the other stuff is. Right, it's it's not like yeah. you're not looking through the, the comics of the month and going, you know, Batman, Walking Dead, Avengers, Power Man, and Iron Fist. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a little further down the list than some of those other ones. It's, Fair, it's, yeah. Fair. Not saying it's bad or anything like that. I'm just saying it's not. No, no, no. no. Yeah. So did not did not take that as a takeaway. Just, um, do you have the ad reads? Um, I can get them real quick. Okay. So just a reminder then, I'll stall for a minute here. Uh, my click was uh, Iron Fist. Roddy's was Unstoppable Wasp. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Daredevil uh, from Agent underscore 70. And then uh, I'm pretty sure Tim's was going to be... Actually, you know, Tim, it may not have been Zombie Tramp. Tim may have been going for the new uh, Vampirella uh, series <laughs> with the, the photo cover on it. That That may have been his. I'm not sure, so... Yeah, could have been Champions, who knows, but I know, cause I know he had been reading that, but I'm not sure. It, it could have been Champions, or it could have been this cover right here. That's, that's all I'm saying. Say, it's like, yeah, you know, would, I'm with you, and I would go with that and say that was probably his, yes. You just never know. You just <laughs> yeah, never know. You know it's it's a wild card sometimes, you know. Um, let's do... I don't see all of them. That's weird. I want to see... Anyway, whatever. I'll go with one of these two. And we will go with Busted Tees. This episode of the Combo Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular designs on sheet shirt on shirt, popular shirt designs on sale each week. I was doing so well. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, geek culture, and much, much more on sale. 
To keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then clicking on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. Woohoo! Yes! And that being the case, I guess uh, we are going into the news section. There's There was supposed to be some sound effects there, so just Use your mental, <laughs> use your mental, 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 mental <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that um, actually, no, I guess before I, I say that, um, because I'm still trying to get one or two together here. Um, Although I did mention at the, at the start of the show uh, that word had just come out that Stanley's wife passed away. Oh, no. Um, yeah, she was 93. They had been married for 69 years. Yeah. Well, rest in peace to uh, Stanley. Wait, what was her name? I'm sorry. Did it? Uh, I want to say it was. Oh man, uh, I better not say it was. Uh... Yeah, I'll <laughs> make up a name. No, I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. I can look it up real quick because Google is your friend. I got it right. I got it right. Where's Joan. that? Where's that? Joan. Joan. Yeah. Because, like I said, Google is your friend. So, um, rest in peace to Joan Lee. Um, which. I was about to say, which I guess that's a kind of a slightly segue because, um, and I won't talk too much about this, but I just came back from seeing uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and I was saying you're going to going tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. So, so just uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs oh, up. Thumbs up. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, and as, as with most of the other stuff, stay till the um, stay till the end credits, the very end credits, because <laughs> it's, are it's, there are there five of them like Guardians of the it's Galaxy? Definitely not. They've, it's only two. And um, yeah, it's on two. I'll leave it at that. Is it one you. halfway and one at the end? Or are they both at the end? Uh, one halfway, but one at the end. I right. I thoroughly enjoyed the one at the end, especially. <laughs> and I kind of want to talk about that one, but I don't want to give it away too much. So, so. Um, I will definitely say, like I said, thumbs up is worth it's. I, as I said on my tweet earlier, I will definitely say that the promise shown in Civil War can be seen here because a lot of people liked, you know, the, this version of Spider Man in Civil War. Oh, right, and um, I'd say that that kind of plays out, and um, you would also appreciate the the setting and whatnot. And that's all I will say on that. And so, hopefully, we will talk about this all next week when everybody has seen it. Um, I, the last, I guess, the last thing I'll say was if you see one movie this year, go see Wonder Woman. But if you got, <laughs> but, um, but if you can see two movies this year, go see Wonder Woman and this. And also, I'm waiting for February sixteenth. Um. February 16th passed. You missed it. Next, no, no, next year. Oh, okay. Because Black Panther's coming out on that date. I think that has been said, but I'm not sure. And so speaking of we, which, speaking of Black Panther. Exactly. See what they did there. That was on purpose. Um, the first bit of news, which I need to hang on. Pop, 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 pop. And this, and this. There we go. Do this all nice and proper light. Uh, Nabia B confirmed as Nightshade. Now, this was news that we kind of talked, well, we kind of glossed over last week because we found out at the end of the um, end of the show. So if you stuck around then for that, then this is old news. So she's going to be in um, Black Panther and she's playing Nightshade, who also is known as Tilda Johnson, who is also uh, in Occupy Adventures comics as we speak right now, was also formerly of the Nighthawk comics. So that's awesome. Um, let's see. Next up, we have New Mutants cast Alice Braga as Rodario, Rosario Dawson XX. So, sorry to see Rosario Dawson go for whatever reason. Uh, and apparently, it had not been made clear, but somebody's picking up the role that I guess uh, Rosario is had put down. 
Oh, Celia Reyes. Celia Reyes. So if you know who that is from the X-Men lore, then there you go. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Nick Fury, uh, Nick Fury, uh, we got a rumor that Nick Fury could possibly co-star in the uh, Captain Marvel movie that is coming up next year after next? next that year? seems kind of weird. Not really. I, th- I thought so too at first, but then I thought about it. Well, there's the military tie. Well, yeah, I guess. So that and she's she has been an agent of Shield, right? I don't see that's just it. That part I'm not entirely sure. I guess I know she's been a well. I mean, she's head of Alpha Flight, which is, which was Sword, and that's kind of an offshoot of Shield, or was so by proxy maybe. But I don't know if she was like directly an agent of Shield. I want to say absolutely not, but I, I can't. I don't. Remember. But didn't she when Maria when Maria Hill uh, had to step down from Shield? Wasn't she the one who took over? That would probably be Daisy Johnson, actually. Uh, I don't think... It was, yeah, no. Carol was nowhere... I don't think she was ever even considered as far as that. Usually they kind of kept that, you know, in-house, so to speak. So, I mean, someone someone, someone will, I'm sure, undoubtedly tell me, no, you're wrong. She Matt Lang, Matt Lang, uh, tweet us the truth. <laughs> Let's yeah. figure it out. But, no, I don't... I, I totally, absolutely don't believe she was. Like I said, the only time that's been passed around has been, like, to Daisy Johnson or, like, to Colson or somebody. You've never heard of... Well, Tony Stark had, had it, and Tony Stark and Cap had it both. Like, that's about as See, every time you say that there were no other people, you keep thinking of more people, so... Well, no, because I'm thinking Civil War now, and just like, uh, yeah, I forgot that that shit happens, so... But generally, it's usually... You know, they kept it ground floor. Anyway, so, yeah, this could happen. We don't know. At this point, it's only a rumor off of some site, and we don't know if that's absolutely true or not. So we'll see come closer to that time. I mean, Sam Jackson hadn't been in any, any of the movies. Uh, when was the last time he was in a movie, actually? Was it? wasn't even Civil War. I don't remember. But it's been a while since he's, 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 um, he's uh, had some time in a Marvel movie. So there is that. Next up, Fox sets date for six Mystery Marvel movies. Good Lord, why? Because <coughs> they got to bring back the Fantastic Four. Well, and they talk about that in this article that that, that could be a possibility because we already know they have new mutants coming out. They got the Deadpool movies, so we, and we already know Deadpool two is coming out. Um, but excuse me. Oh, and X Men. I totally forgot about X Men: Dark Phoenix. That's coming out. So that's three we know about. Um, now, is it? Three in addition to, I mean, six in addition to these, or is three more than we just don't know about? We don't know. Fox is trying to get that money and maybe another Fantastic Four movie. And I just hope they say no and just give back the rights because they've been screwing up. Next up, Supergirl, Luke Cage, Doctor Strange win at annual Saturn Awards. Um, Saturn Awards, I think it's the sci fi. Yes, the Academy of Science, Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Um, Annual award ceremony at the Saturn Awards. So, and also Walking Dead looks like it may have gotten something. So, congrats to all of those and whoever else. You can see the the uh, the list of the um, winners at their homepage, which is SaturnAwards.org. Org. Uh, next up, I need some water. Black Lightning <laughs> puts black men and families back at the center. So they were talking to um, Mara Braca Keel recently. Um, and they said that uh, back at the Epicence Festival spoke a little bit about, about the show's goals and um, that was said and that's an awesome thing because we don't get that much re- representation so I, I you know I watched I, I belong to a, a TV survey group whatever and they show you 
you know, trailers and clips and have you, you know, fill out surveys and give them feedback on them and whatever. And they showed the Black Lightning trailer, I guess it was. Uh, it was like a like a six minute long thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much it was very, very much built around this dad trying to raise his daughters and he doesn't want to be a superhero. Right. Uh, yeah, he was, and you can see that some of that from the like the the, the last or well, wasn't even a TV spot, but the last trailer they showed online or whatever. So yeah, it's probably. But I mean, there was a whole that. lot of stuff with him, you know, dealing with the girls and you know them trying to get away with stuff, and um, and I guess one of them gets involved in uh, some sort of criminal activity. She's in the wrong place at the wrong time, so uh, so there's some issues with that kind of stuff going on too. But yeah, it is very much built around the idea of a. The, the family and the father and you know dealing with the struggles of raising the kids and that kind of stuff and then and then there's superhero stuff too right so that's cool um and actually on the side on the note of that and i don't i thought i put this in here i think there's going to be some black lightning stuff showing at um san diego i don't know if it's going to be the flat the the pilot or um just some more stuff that they kind of the some more flavor stuff that they're yeah well According to the uh, the article at CBR, they posted something saying um, originally they thought it was going to be screenings, but now they say it's just going to be preview footage from from the shows. There we go. Yeah, I thought I had it in here, and I do. I just didn't put it. Yeah, there we go. Because that was going to be the next article, and I would not say that. Because there you go. So if you're at SDCC, DC, we know where Matt Wang will be. Go check that out if you care. Um, let's see. Next up. I think I need to make sure that all this is in line. Patty Jenkins confirms that she will direct Wonder Woman 2, which that is probably, that is, no, it's not even probably, but that is the exact right choice. <laughs> well, I know there were questions about it because she, exactly, she, was, she didn't sign the contract like um, Gal, I guess it's pronounced Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, I believe. Well, I always thought it was Gal Gadot, right. but I heard all these people uh, talking about it the other day and they kept saying Gal Gadot. Mm, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen it over and over. Yeah, whenever I've seen any interviews, it's Godot. That's what I thought too, but yeah, I don't know. People anyway, yeah. Nonetheless, though, uh, but apparently Patty Jenkins only signed the one-picture deal, whereas Gal Godot or Godot, um, she signed a you know basically I think it was like a three, three picture, three appearances I guess or three pictures, and one of them was uh, Superman versus Batman. Right, and that um, probably the other one's going to be Justice League more than more than likely. And and I guess for a very short time, um, people were freaking out because she was apparently been paid so much less than um, the other two, um, right. Ben Affleck and, and Henry Cavill, Cavill yeah. whatever. But the difference is, they're all three of the the performers, actors. They get um, they get bonuses based on how well the movies perform, and she just hasn't got any of her bonuses yet. So when they go, oh, look at how little she's made and how much they've made. Well, it's because they they made their stuff off of Man of Steel and Superman versus Batman. Now that Wonder Woman's out, you know she's going to start getting these big checks from Wonder Woman because it's been a massive powerhouse yes. uh, at theaters. So she's going to be rolling in the dough here pretty soon, anyway. So <laughs> I thought you said rolled in got dough. Should have. Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> So yes, there was also that stuff that came out, and um, but you know there's still a divide and pay in Hollywood for, 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 supposedly. So you know, she even though she's not the one that somebody else is, but all of that will 
hopefully write itself at some point. And and yeah, the Patty Jenkins stuff was like, yeah, it was like it was weird that they that she had not signed or they had not well, as reports said, that she had not been given or she had not signed which a more than one picture deal. But then again, that part I know the the one picture deal is probably kind of standard in that case. But the fact that they didn't just jump on getting her for the second one right away was something that had people kind of like, what what are you doing? This is what you need to do. So that's regardless, it seemed all but assured that that was going to happen one way or the other. So, you know, but we now have confirmation of it. Moving right along. Oh, let's look at that Godzilla anime. Um, new DC Films intro, which you would think we would have gotten this like way long time ago, but new DC Films intro from Wonder Woman released online. And here, if you hadn't seen it, or if you've seen Wonder Woman, you've oh, seen it. Oh, and it's not released by DC. Right. It's from some random guy. Yeah. Um, so apparently he must have his hands on a pirated copy of the movie That's uh, in HD. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, hmm. so look out for that soon, coming to a torrent site near you. Well, yeah, I'm about to say, it'll, I'm sure by the time this article came out, this was, and granted this was a, a couple of days ago, it's probably been taken down. If not, I'm surprised. No, it's still um, up. The, the uh, video is still online. Weird. Um, well, yeah, go check it out. It's actually, I, I remember it vaguely, though, but it was it was a cool-looking, I was like, huh, that's cool. And I was like, well, I wonder why they hadn't, but then again, maybe it's because I didn't care that much, because it was like, well, okay, it's a DC logo thing, and whatever the case may be. Yeah. It, it anyway. could have been, as far as I know, it could have been in front of uh, Batman Superman, and I wasn't really paying that much attention, <laughs> so... Um, but the next one, speaking of uh, DC news, and we have another rumor, which has to do with um, contenders f- to play Batgirl. So, yeah, um, apparently Josh Whedon is doing Batgirl. There's been some people up and down off the running, and there's some other people still in. The, it's from uh, a Reddit. Yeah, it's from a Reddit, and again, it is. Yeah, leaks. We don't know if that's the case. I know the. Um, Priyanka, uh, I can't remember her last name from from um, from um, Quantico said she would have wanted to do it. I'm like, okay, fine, let that happen. But this was before all this came out. Rumors, rumors. We don't know. Somebody'll get it. Green Lantern Corps may have found its director. In fact, I believe that has been confirmed. Uh, I'm not sure, but Rupert Wyatt of Rise of the Planet of the Apes fame uh, seems to be the one that is going to be directing this film that I'm not sure who won it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Like I said, I think that was confirmed. I just didn't get around to put it in the, um, in the lineup. But if it, if it doesn't have the same issues that the Flash movie is having, then maybe it'll see the light of day. Speaking of the Flash, uh, season four premiere title reveals as filming begins. Are you caught up on... I know you don't really you don't really watch the, the, any of the era, No, I, so. I I have given yeah. up on all the shows. I yeah. I actually have the first season um, on Blu-ray, and I've watched uh, maybe six episodes, and that's as far as I got into it. Gotcha. And I know most of though they're uh, Netflix is pretty caught up as far as the la- the, the last seasons of the shows, and I haven't. I'm a little behind myself because, like I said, I I've said this before, the, I still hadn't watched the crossover, and I just stopped watching it there. Like, well, and I, you know, I mean, honestly, I I watch all the movies eventually, sure. but like I really wasn't going to watch uh, Spider Man Homecoming in theaters. But um, if you go before noon, it's only five dollars for the ticket. Mm-hmm. And so, a friend of mine was like, "I'm taking you and your son to go see it," and I'm like, "All right, well, 
okay, fine. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of funny because I will say this, that, um, and granted, the theater I went to was not my normal theater because apparently that one might be still doing renovations and I can't wait because it's a row of seats. But it was a smaller, well, it was a different theater and there was like nobody in there. I, well, I shouldn't say nobody. There was a small crowd in there. It was like the back half was relatively populated, but like there were holes in the seating. You know, and, it's, and, and that's just in just that's just like that seating because I think most of the people went to this other theater that's near in the mall. That was a bigger theater. And, and I, the funny thing is, I've actually talked to a couple people, and they don't like it's. It apparently is not widely known information that movies actually start on Thursday nights now, which is surprising. Like people, yeah. most people still think like, oh, it's a Friday, Friday night thing. Like you go on right. Friday night and you watch the new movie. Yeah, and they, to be fair, that's only maybe the last four or five years that yeah. they started to do that. They kept pushing it back and back and back until now it's like a regular thing. Right. But yeah. It's like a screener or something. Well, usually the screen is like say a couple of days before or something like that. But yeah, then they started. Yeah, well, because it used to be like you had to go at midnight on Thursday. So technically mm-hmm. it was Friday morning, you know. Exactly. But now they're just like, no, nah, it's just come on Thursday. Like, oh, yeah, sorry. but the weird thing about it is like the last couple of movies I've seen, and granted, this is this theater that I'm talking about was Wonder Woman and this one. Like the movies that I've gone to in my regular theater, like um, on a Thursday at that, were like packed. So like Force Awakens, Rogue One, uh, Hell, even Batman, Superman, you know, any mm-hmm. of them, yeah, they've all been pretty packed. Actually, I take it back. Wonder Woman was more packed than Spider Woman. Spider Man, Spider Woman, man, that I, I would like that one. Um, anyway. Um, but yes, Wonder Woman in the same theater was more packed than this movie. And that, that might also contribute to what you just said, but that also may contribute to this theater being not a great one. I would like to chalk it up as, but nevertheless, and I wish I had some web shooters for the the idiots that were sitting behind me, which I could have moved, but didn't feel like (laughs) it. Anyway, that is that. So I'm sure there'll be, there are people going to see, and there could have been people going to the 10 o'clock movie because I did see more cars coming in, um, as I was leaving. And I'm sure what, you know, it'll do fine. Moving right along. I feel like we've talked about this, but Warner Brothers developing a live action Jetsons series with Robert Zemeckis. I think we mentioned something about that like a year ago. I, I feel like we have at some point, but it might not have been a year. But yeah, it, seems, it probably feels that long regardless of whether it has. Still weird. That's that's a weird thing. So um, uh, I don't know if you're hearing that, but I've got neighbors shooting off. Actually- fireworks tonight i was wondering what that was okay and it's like fireworks that you'd normally shoot like i'm I'm looking at the camera i've got a security camera in the front of the house and i'm looking at the camera and i'm seeing these big booms going off they're like the ones that you would normally shoot um on, on um so fourth of july well yeah like they have the big tube they're dropping like mortars almost yeah um, so they got the good stuff oh yeah but they're not shooting them up very high are you in a wooded area nope okay well that's good but it's it, actually I was at a Walgreens or someplace a couple months ago and they had the clapper and I've never actually seen the clapper in the store and I'm like I'm buying a clapper hell yeah so I bought the clapper and I put it by this uh, light by the front door and these booms keep setting the clapper on and off. Wait, so you mean if I? Well, no, I'm wearing headphones. Shit. But the uh, fireworks out there are setting it off. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like they're the good stuff. That would not. That's all, okay. Sorry to get off topic here because I have to ask <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but um, so yeah, if you didn't know, Fourth of July was a couple of days ago here in the United States, and um, yeah, there was a lot of that going on in the last couple of days. I guess they're trying to get rid of their um their surplus. But so, one of what I ask you though is, does your state have like a a, a ordinance against? Um... Oh yeah, you're not allowed to have fireworks. Uh, you can have sprinklers and 
Yeah, not sprinklers. sprinklers. No. Sparklers and smoke bombs and snakes, and that's about it. Gotcha. Yeah, see, my, I think my, my state is pretty much the same, and yet they still seem to find their way here. Oh, yeah, everybody just goes down to Missouri like, and buys them. You, place. Yeah, you can drive an uh, hour and a half south, go to St. Louis, and just as soon as you cross the river, they're all over all right. the place. Actually, I, I take that back. I might be lying because now that I think about it, there is a, like a big place, like not too far down the highway from me, and I know there stands down the street. So they may have pulled that ordinance, but we used to have that ordinance. But even then, it was like, pow, 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 pow. you know, it was all, all over the place. Uh, Matt, no. Oh, wait. You know what? I need to check my P.O. box um, if you sent it there. I have not checked that yet. But um, whatever package you sent me, thank you. Please don't let it be a bomb. Moving right along. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally I hate this. But uh, Family Guy producer confirms that Adam West will posthumously appear in upcoming episodes. And I think you and I talked about what they were going to do uh, now that he has passed. And please stop. Please stop. Uh, Auto-playing video. So yeah, I guess they had a couple of them in the can where he was where he was around and they're going to show them. When's the last time you watched Family Guy? Me? Yeah. Uh, I watched I watched it before it got cancelled. I thought it was funny and then it came back from cancellation. I didn't think it was funny and I haven't watched it since. Hmm. That sounds about right. But apparently um, Marewest will be in five more episodes of the show that are scheduled to air this coming season. So if you don't get choked up by that, I don't know what you will. Or the fact that the family guy is still on the air. Um, R2-D2 auctioned off for $2.76 million. And as uh, io9 says, likely not to a kid whining about power converters. Be power converters! <laughs> Every time I hear somebody um, in fact, I think this probably happened on Mystery Science Theater. They had a nice little print room on um, they, what happened. Every time somebody's like whining or something, or not every time, but sometimes when somebody's whining like that, somebody would also break out in that line. I was like, okay, well done. And it and it still seems to it still seems to hit you right there. Still gets a funny bone. Anyway, more Lucasfilm news. Uh, Lucasfilm artist creates gorgeous tributes to Carrie Fisher because we don't have enough sad news in this um, in this. Uh, in, in this, in these uh, stuff. So is it just a video online that they? Uh, yeah, I believe that was the case. I didn't actually watch through it, but I saw it and I had intention to. Oh, it so looks like it a painting or a print or something. That is a print, I believe. Let me see. Let me look through this article real quick. Yeah, so it's a study tribute, a uh, stunning piece of tribute art. And I don't know if it's going to be on sale, but it will be at. Um... Okay, the art was available. Will be available in print for Denver Comic Con. Which Fisher was supposed to be at, which you know, which wait, was that this weekend coming or was it last week? It must be this week because yeah, that was from a couple of days ago. So if you're at Denver Comic Con, you will be able to purchase that art. So <laughs> it looks great though. So uh, moving right along. Oh, and that was the last bit of cinematic news. We now turn to the news, news, and uh, in the video game corner, Marvel. Heroes Omega is now out on console. So if you own a Xbox One or a uh, PS4, you can go and download this game for free. It is free to so play game. Explain to people what it is. Okay, so Marvel Heroes Omega is was a PC game first. That it is an action game. It is a MMO that if you have play, ever played the game Diablo, it plays like that where um, you are. You have direct control of the character and you're clicking with your mouse on different characters, different villains and whatnot, and you have your different powers. 
so it's basically I can't remember what they call it another name, but it's actually an adventure game in the style of Diablo. So if you know what that is, that makes that will that will stoke you because there are a couple of things like that. Obviously, Gazillion is made the uh, well. Gazillion was started by former Diablo um, uh, developer. So, and this game was in, in that toe, which that person's not there anymore, but the game still lives on. Um, it is said to be, and I've said this myself, that the game is a spiritual successor to the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games that came out a few years ago and had a, well, got brought back out like last year, I believe it was. So you can actually still get those, but this game is pretty much a spiritual successor. And not as on console, it really is, because it kind of plays like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, wherein you have direct control of the character, you have your powers on your face buttons, and then you can hit the triggers to uh, access more powers as you go through the storyline. And there's um, there's loot that you can get that drops from enemies, um, and, and you get more gear to, to power up your uh, to your power with your person, and of course you progress in level, which makes your hero stronger. And like I said, there's a pretty decent story, and there's a lot of stuff that you can do in there. Again, it is free to play, so I will say this. Uh, and I know there are people out there who's like, "Well, it's because why doesn't it?" Because people are stupid. But I will say this: How do you spell that? Um, just just mash on the D button and U, and just go back and forth. Throw some H's in there every now and then, also. Um, like I said, so you start up the game, you start, uh, there's this tutorial you, you get, and you get to play as Cap, uh, Black Widow, and then the Hulk. From there, you get to choose, you, they give you 200 um, splinters, which is the currency that you can use to buy new characters. Uh, the different characters are different prices. The more popular characters, a little bit more. The, the base, more baseline ones are like 200 to 500, something like that. Uh, but that said, you can try out any of the heroes that are there, and they don't have as many. So the the PC version's been out for a few years, and that's fully fleshed out. Uh, the PC the, con- the console version does not have all of those characters because they, there's still some stuff that they need to bring in, and and it's not as fully fleshed as the PC version. But nevertheless, it has still got a lot of the concert console, um, a lot of the, the stuff. So you can just try out any character you want to, up to level ten. And then after that, you can still play with the character. They just won't level up unless you unlock the character either by buying them with the splinters or you can out buy them with the, the, the in-game. Well, excuse me, you can buy them with actual money, which they have a currency for that. So, And you also actually, you, I know on the Xbox One, you get Daredevil for free. So if you like Daredevil, you want to try them, try them out, you got that. And with 200, they give you 225 splinters, which means you can buy probably six or seven heroes. Um, I can't. I can't tell you the names of them right now. Cause I don't have them right off the hand. But it might be somebody you like. Either way, you can try a whole bunch of heroes that they have, and they got like thirty, thirty, almost forty of them in the game. And there's close to sixty in the PC version. I think it might be more than that actually by this time. So, look at that. That was the long way of saying, hey, if you're looking for a free to play game, if you like Marvel and you like Diablo, uh, try this game out. It's fun. All right then. Yeah. Uh, moving right along. We have, I can't remember why I put this in there. Oh, there was an artist doing uh, renditions of the Boondocks characters, which the Boondocks is a, a cartoon, uh, excuse me, it was a newspaper cartoon that made its way onto TVs uh, as a show about these young kids that were taken out of um, taken out of Chicago and moved to the suburbs. It's a pretty funny show. There's an artist that did some renditions of them growing up and they are selling that. And uh, there's some good stuff that I'm saying. I think that still is 
um, still up for grabs, and half of it goes to charity. So that's also a great, um, a great thing to um, support. Next up, we have oops, Eric Larson reveals that not safe for it Savage Dragon cover. Speaking of a book that I didn't know that was still around. So apparently, um, in honor of Savage Dragon's 25th anniversary, Image Comics is publishing a triple X Savage Dragon cover. Uh, here's the censored version for those watching the video. It is what it is. Larson's like, he's a fan of comic books and he likes it in all, all kinds. So he wasn't too, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. So he's, so he's like, sure, do it. He's like, looking for a way to justify yeah, you know what right. I mean? He's like, he's yeah. like, oh well, because it's art, and I like art, and art, right. is art, art, art. Exactly. So it is what it is. You know, it's his book. You do what he wants. <laughs> um, let's see the book. I think it said, yeah, it said eleven ninety nine. It's um, uh, let's see, it is Savage Dragon two twenty five hit stands. Oh, it says actually it's already on stands. Oh, mm. no, no, uh, no, July twenty six. I'm sorry. Yeah, seven twenty six. Sorry. Um. But it is eleven ninety nine. Yep, that's what it says here. But it's there's um no uh, no ordering barriers. So if you want to order one, and uh, looks like final order cutoff was actually on the third. So if you try to order it now, um, there, you know you may or may not get it. Uh, but uh, depends on how many they overprinted. But right. Uh, but yeah, it's there's no um you know they didn't have to order like a hundred you know, to get one or anything like that. You can just straight up order it. Oh, the regular book is nine ninety nine. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Giant size twenty fifth anniversary special. Um it's uh yeah, nine ninety nine. It's a hundred pages. Okay. That's that's hefty. What eleven dollars for well okay wait, what's the going rate for it? Well I guess we haven't had to nine, well nine ninety nine is the regular one, so it's eleven sure. ninety nine for that that special version. Okay, that's page. sure. Um but like going back to what you said a minute ago, books that you didn't know were still being printed. Right. Um, you know, we order one copy for the shelf, you know, mm-hmm. just because. Um, but to be honest, for a while there, we just stopped ordering it altogether. Right. Um, we didn't order it for like six months and like nobody mentioned it. Nobody brought it up. Nobody asked for it. But after a while, the owner was just like, nah, let's, you know, let's at least order one for the shelf. So, you know, we can at least say that, you know, we're carrying everything. So it's like, all right. So we ordered one for the shelf, and that's it. Huh. You know, and probably that um, or one of those other books will probably go for some money one day. He was actually at Heroes, and he was on a panel. Um, whoa. All right. Sounds. Yeah, uh, everything's going off. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, Savage Dragon, still going. Good good on him. Um, speaking of covers... Power Rangers homages Jim Lee X-Men cover in SDCC exclusive because we're starting to find out about um, San Diego exclusives. Um, and here's one of them right here if you're watching the video. So they're going to do the five different covers? It seems as though... Well, so yes, it seems as that's the case. Because I think the other book... Wait, so they got the one book and I think they were supposed to be coming out with another book that's supposed to be from... Yeah, there's right now is the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Right. Then they're going to come out with Go Go Power Rangers. Right. So it looks like there might be. So there's one for both of them. Or there's a couple of them for both. There's like, yeah. So there's one, two it's for Go- one, and then two for. So there's like two for each. Oh, I see. It's Go Go Power Rangers one special cover. There's a second Go Go Power Rangers one. Then there's a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers seventeen. Right, and that's the that's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 2017 annual. Right. Which yeah. I thought that was out already. 
Right. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It already came out, but sometimes they do that with the uh, variant covers. Gotcha. And then, uh, okay. and then, Go Go Power Rangers is there's another version that has the fold out. Right. All right. Cool. Yeah, I hadn't kept up with that book. Yeah, actually, um, my my son just dropped that book last month. Really? Yeah, he goes. I much prefer watching them on TV. I said, okay. That's actually probably fair. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they've been doing that. Book's been weird. Uh, let's see. So, next up, uh, Cullen Bunn brings back a familiar face as a part of Secret, excuse me, Empire. Um, hey, guess what? Emma Frost is back, which I don't think she was, it's not like she had been gone all that long. Before. No, she just like went into hiding or whatever since they realized that she faked Cyclops' death, right? Man, that whole thing was weird, anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's the thing. If you like Emma Frost, hey, go for it. Last bit of news that we have for tonight going back to Spider Man. Uh, there is a Spider-Man VR game that is, or a VR experience, excuse me, that is now out for the, I believe it's, it's, it's for the, the VR console, for the VR uh, headsets. I don't think your VR is. It's on Steam. Yes, so it is for the Vive and for the Oculus Rift, but I don't think there is a version for Gear VR. So if you have VR equipment and um, fancy go at it, then, yeah, it's called Spider-Man Homecoming Virtual Reality Experience. So you can go look that up on Steam, which is the um, you know the digital marketplace for your PC goods, PC, Mac, and, well, PC, Mac, and Linux, whatever. But It looks like um, the actual game that's coming out for Homecoming is only coming out on PS4. That's is not it? for Homecoming, but, yeah, that is the, uh, that is the PS4. But, yes, the, the Spider-Man game is only for PS4 that is coming out. Which that is seems like it's going to be a good one. They may bring it out to console uh, to other consoles later, but I seriously doubt it because obviously you know Sony, um, it is a Sony game and it's a Sony license. Uh, uh, yeah, there's not many Sony games. Well, some of the some of the like Activision stuff kind of game to other platforms, but I don't see this one getting that treatment because of what I just said. If it does, I'd be surprised. Um, and I think it, even though Insomniac is a, it doesn't matter because like I said, it's, it's Sony's ball game on that one because it's Spider-Man. So yeah, that is the thing. I'm looking forward to that Spider-Man game though. It, it looks to be pretty good from what they showed at E3. And that is all of the news. We made it. We did. Yay. Woo. Yeah. I think we wish we'll have the, um, the full crew next week from, from what I'm seeing in our chat. <coughs> Oh, is that what was dinging a minute ago? Were they, t- yeah, were they talking to him? Tim, Tim was telling me something, and then and Agent 70 was saying that he just got home. So he could have just popped in for a second if he wanted to, but I can understand. But we don't just... want him. We don't want him. We're <laughs> too good for those guys. Yeah. You guys get out of here. You ain't go see your movie. I did a whole hour by myself. Yes, you did. I have to go back. And re- actually, I do have to actually go back. No, and you, don't, you don't know. No, no, no. I have to do for other reasons, but. Uh, <laughs> it's all good, though. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else you want to add uh, before we uh, shut it down for the night? No, Spider-Man Homecoming was good. Go If, you, if you're inclined, go check it out. Um, we should probably have more about that next week when, when the whole crew gets to see it. Um, happy belated 4th of July for those who celebrated it uh rest in peace to joan lee i don't think i'm missing anything else all right don't forget to check out uh more of the comic book chronicles you can find it at theclicknation.com you can find it on itunes soundcloud uh, i think stitcher um tune in radio youtube um popculturenetwork.com i need comics.com uh you can find it in all those wonderful places just do searches for cold slither podcast network uh or comic book chronicles 
make sure that you follow at Roddy Cat on Twitter, at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, uh, at TimDog98 on Twitter, uh, or even Matt Wang. Go follow Matt Wang on Twitter because he's... Yeah, Matt Wang 97. He's here every week on the show or not. Sometimes he's been in front of the camera. A lot of times he's just on Twitter bugging us and asking us random questions uh, during the show. show. But uh, anyway, thanks for watching, guys, and we'll see you next time.